Hello again, Vetfolio Voice friends. So glad to have you back to talk about cat-friendly hospital tips with veterinary behaviorist Karen Sueta. This episode is sponsored by Hills and is designed to help us understand the stressors that cats undergo when visiting the vet and how they show, or maybe worse, don't show their stress until maybe it's too late, and perhaps most importantly, how to mitigate that stress. Dr. Soweto was so great to talk to and offered a really practical approach to minimizing stress for the cat, for the owner, and for the veterinary team during a visit, which may ultimately mean that more owners are willing to bring their cats to the hospital, resulting in better care for these cats. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Soweto before we jump in. After completing her residency at the UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine, Dr. Soweta joined VCA West Los Angeles Animal Hospital as their board-certified veterinary behaviorist. She's a contributing author to Blackwell's 5-Minute Veterinary Consult Clinical Companion, Canine and Feline Behavior, and Decoding Your Cat, the ultimate experts explain common cat behaviors and reveal how to prevent or change unwanted ones. Dr. Soweta's special interests include feline behavior, canine anxiety disorders, and the human-animal bond. She credits her cat, Tyler, for teaching her more about feline behavior and training than any textbook. And isn't that the truth? The subtleties of feline behavior are best understood with firsthand experience. Let's go ahead and talk more about it. All right, we're joined today by Dr. Soweta. Dr. Soweta, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Dr. Cassie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be speaking about making the hospital cat friendly. Okay, so let's just jump in with kind of this, you know, big overlying question. Why is having a cat friendly hospital important? I mean, we know there's this old Bayer study about cat owners not bringing their pets into the hospitals because of the stress that's involved for the owner and the pet. But are there other reasons that we should consider keeping our hospitals cat friendly? <laughs> yeah, that, that Bayer study is an oldie but a goodie. Um, it's such a fascinating study, even though it was done, you know, a while ago. Um, and in that study that showed that 38% of cat owners were stressed just by the thought of bringing their cats into the hospital. And I'm sure a lot of us in the veterinary profession can, can empathize with that sentiment as well, because I think a lot of us are stressed when we see a cat appointment on our, um, our agenda for the day as well. But yeah, even beyond just making you know, it a pleasant experience for the cats, one thing that I always think about too is just the safety for vets and staff. You know, an angry cat is sometimes going to lash out at us, you know, we risk bites, you know, we risk scratches. And so just making the environment safe for for all of us involved, I think is, is a good one. Um, another reason too, is for just the physical and mental health of our staff. So beyond bites and scratches, I think it also stresses some of our, our staff and ourselves out as well to have a cat that doesn't really want to to want to be there. And then reducing feline stress in the hospital is just practicing good veterinary medicine. Now, there's another study that found that cats exhibited higher blood glucose levels when examined in a clinic setting versus their home setting, where they actually directly compared the two. And I'm sure the same applies for other parameters, such as blood pressure, heart rates, 
um, you know, white blood cell count, stress leukograms. So just the idea that being in a stressful environment can influence, you know, the physical health of our, our patients um, and our ability to, to monitor and detect disease is an important reason just to try to reduce stress in the clinic setting. Another reason too is that I think stress cats just hide their clinical signs. I'm sure all of us have, you know, tried to determine where a cat might be painful and can't find any pain on, on a cat that's being brought into the clinic. And part of that is because that cat is probably very stressed and is just kind of hiding their clinical signs of, of stress. So being able to really help and identify where that cat is feeling uncomfortable is another good reason to reduce stress. And just generally, behavior and welfare are really important aspects of a good practice of veterinary medicine. So being able to understand and help the welfare of our patients, I think, is something that is not always emphasized in veterinary school learning, but I think it's also something that we all got into veterinary medicine for, is just to make our our patients feel better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you kind of touched on the bites and scratches to veterinary staff, the stress to the owner, trying to localize pain on a cat who is is stressed and maybe not telling you everything that's going on. But are there other reasons aside from stress that an owner may be hesitant to bring their cat into the clinic? So some reasons that owners may not want to or be hesitant to bring the cat into the clinic you know, is beyond just being stressed by the thought of bringing their cat into the clinic. I think one thing to, to realize is that maybe owners don't realize their cat is having any, any medical or health issues. Cats hide their clinical signs so well that owners may not be able to catch signs that their cat is feeling unwell until the cat has progressed in their illness. And then maybe the owner is worried about some concerns about judgment for waiting so long. Another really common reason that that clients may be hesitant to bring their cat into the clinic is just, again, the stress that they undergo trying to get their cat into a carrier or, you know, the logistics of where is the carrier? (laughs) I think a lot of us keep the carrier buried in the back of the closet and it's dusty and then we have to find it. So, and we're rushed in the morning and have to get the kids off to school or get packed up to go to work. So, you know, just the whole logistics, I think, of trying to get the cat into the clinic may be, may be difficult to conceptualize. I think a lot of clients also worry just about their cat's behavior at the clinic. You know, owners are very aware, I believe, when their cats are kind of the troublemakers of the, the vet hospital, so to speak. Um, you know, the veterinarian or, or staff member may have said previously that their cat was difficult to, to handle the last time they were there. And I think our owners don't want to be the difficult client or have a difficult kid, so to, so to speak. So I think there may be some stigma from the, the client's perspective as well if they think that their cat also is, is difficult at the vet. They may be hesitant to bring the cat back. Another reason I think clients think about too, and, and I thought about too as I was a cat owner, um, some clients I think are worried that they can't administer treatments at home if their cat has to get some medication, owners might be hesitant to bring their cats into the vet thinking, well, if the vet's going to prescribe me, you know, a liquid or a pill, there's no way I'm going to be able to get that medication into my cat. So why even bother? You know, why spend hundreds of dollars 
if I can't even do the treatment at home afterwards. So I think clients may be worried about whether they can follow through with the veterinarian's recommendations afterwards. And one thing that I often encounter just because I do a behavior practice is that a lot of owners are hesitant to bring their cat to the clinic because when they bring their cat back home, the cat exhibits behavioral issues, or there is some conflict between the cat that was taken to the vet and the cat that was left at home. So a lot of us, I think, have encountered situations where a client might call in or our own cat is brought back to the house and then the cats get into a cat fight because the cat that was taken to the hospital smells different, is acting unusually, maybe is a little bit sedate from a, a procedure that happened and a fight happens. Or that cat that was taken to the clinic, even if you don't have another cat in the household, the cat that was taken into the clinic comes back and hides for the next three days. And I think that can also traumatize owners to have to deal with, you know, behavioral issues after their cat comes back. That makes sense. And it sounds like a lot of what we're talking about in one form or another really does come down to stress. You know, we're talking about owner perception of, you know, having this troublemaker or, you know, not being able to give medications because that's going to be difficult. So it sounds like a lot of this really does come down to stress. What are some of the important considerations to keep in mind when it comes to cat behaviors in the clinic? More specifically, how do we recognize and address signs of stress early to keep that stress from escalating? I think it's important to realize that cats are not small dogs. Their behavior is, behavioral repertoire is very different from dogs. And they're a lot more subtle. So cats are a lot more subtle in their behaviors than dogs are. And so we're maybe looking for the absence of behavior rather than overt behavioral signs. So the cats cats often prefer to avoid rather than have conflict. And so cats that may actually show signs of stress by hiding, they're at the back of the carrier, they're avoiding eye contact, they're burying themselves underneath the towels in the cage or in the carrier that they're brought in. Some body language signs might be their ears are back or their tail is twitching. They may be meowing in a somewhat pitiful way, not necessarily in an aggressive way to start off with. And because cats tend to you know, avoid and shut down at first when they're stressed rather than lashing out, I think we often mistake this as cats being quote unquote fine, because when a cat is shut down, it's super easy for us to do treatments on them. You know, the examination goes great because that cat is just a little petrified statue on our exam table. And for us as, as veterinarians and staff members, sometimes we actually like those patients that are, that are shut down because it makes treatments very easy for us. But I think it's really important to recognize that the shutdown patient is a patient showing fear. And then that fear, if we continue to pressure them and put them in situations where they're feeling discomfort or pain, that fear on the next visit 
might turn into aggression now that they've learned that just shutting down is not going to get them out of a situation. So even before we hear the hissing or the growling um, or that cat is starting to lash out at us, just recognizing that the petrified patient is a fearful patient and that that's not necessarily a patient that we want to keep treating um, and just assuming that they're going to tolerate it for every visit. So what types of modifications within the hospital can we make to make it more cat friendly? Do, are we talking like a whole remodel to make a separate cat wing or are there smaller changes that we can make that may help our, our feline patients? Yeah, it would be lovely if we could all spend millions of dollars to, to remodel our hospitals into state-of-the-art cat clinics and, and dog clinics and have a nice, beautiful break room for, for our staff and our, our, our hospital managers and, and veterinarians. Uh, but no, we don't necessarily need to remodel the whole hospital to make our cats um, happier. You know, it can start with really small changes. And I think one thing to, to recognize is that opportunities for a successful visit really start the moment the client calls the hospital. So I'm a big believer in preparation equals prevention. And so the more we can prepare, as soon as that client, um, that cat owner makes an appointment, you know, we're already on, you know, a good pathway to success. So some things to recognize are, you know, as soon as a client calls a scheduled appointment, having our client service representatives trained to scan the records to see if that cat client had any difficulties at past appointments. Maybe this is a client and patient that needs to be scheduled for a longer appointment or at a time of day that's a little bit quieter, you know, sending them some information ahead of time about how to get the cat into a carrier or have the client bring a towel to cover the cat's carrier so the cat's not seeing the dogs waiting in the reception area. And speaking of towels, even just some towels ready at the reception area, maybe sprayed with some feline pheromones on it. We can hand the owners to cover the cat's carrier while they're waiting or directing them to a seat away from the barking dogs or raised voices or, you know, kids running around the, the reception area. And then having a quieter area where we can examine the patients, preparing exam rooms with any equipment we may need already set up in an exam room. So as soon as that cat goes back to the exam room, we have everything all ready and set up. So we're not running in and out of the, the room um, and prolonging the cat's visit time at the hospital. That sounds great. So not a whole clinic remodel, which is good, but that there's, you know, a lot of things that we can keep in mind to make these visits a little bit less stressful on our, our feline patients. Along these lines of making these visits easier for everybody, this time of trying to practice medicine in a pandemic has been very stressful to the veterinary team as well. But truly, I think I've seen the animals a lot calmer and less stressed with the curbside approach. And the clinic's quieter, so the animals, they seem more relaxed. But I, for one, do not want to stay curbside forever. I like having owners in the exam room with me. But what are some of the changes that we may have made during these curbside appointments that we should carry forward into the future? Now, this is such an interesting time and, and such a huge learning curve, I think, for all of us. But 
I, I think for the pandemic, it's it's been such a, a change, but an opportunity also, I think, to try out different techniques and scenarios that, that we can learn from. And so just like you were saying, you know, some of these patients really excelled and did really well in this in this pandemic environment. And part of it may be thinking and, and keeping what works for each individual patient. So take what the patient has experienced and, and what we have experienced as, as veterinarians and veterinary staff members and use what works. So maybe for an individual patient, you know, we keep the idea of meeting the, the client at their car, you know, bringing the carrier in without mom or dad and just doing the treatment because maybe for that individual cat or even for some dogs, I'm sure it's less stressful for that patient without mom or dad being there. One thing that I've noticed myself in this pandemic hospital environment is that the hospital is just a lot quieter and people move a little bit slower. And I think that's such a good idea for not just cats, but for us as well. So the idea that we're slowing down our tempo and our pace can really help our feline patients. The quieter hospital, going to a quieter exam room, keeping our voices lower, not rushing around as much, I think really is an idea that we can keep from, from the pandemic and maybe have a, a bright lining to, to what we've all been going through at this time. I will absolutely agree about the things moving a little bit slower, it being a little bit quieter and that kind of helping everybody in the clinic and everybody's stress level. A team approach is so important to all that we do in veterinary medicine, but how does this apply more specifically to feline appointments? What types of considerations can we keep in mind from the CSRs to the technicians and assistants to the doctors to help create a more pleasant experience from the time they come in the door. Feeling appointments are such a great opportunity for the whole team to come together to make a positive experience for our our cat patients. So really it is a team approach. Sometimes it does take a village to make a a good appointment. When a client calls into the, the hospital, the CSRs can review records to see if that patient was particularly a spicy patient that might need a little bit more time or or may need a certain technician um, to handle them. Maybe this was a patient that the veterinarian recommended some oral pre-medication prior to and making sure that the client understands how to give that medication. You know, if this is a first time visit or even for a client that may state that they have had a hard time getting their cat in, the CSR can recommend websites or even direct the the client to the hospital's website, where some information might be posted about how to get a cat used to a carrier, you know, setting the carrier out a few days ahead of time, so the cat can get um, comfortable going inside the carrier, even before the appointment. I'm sure if cats got into the carriers better, we'd cut down a lot of those last minute uh, cancellations (laughs) where the client calls and and they said that they can't bring the cat in because they can't find the cat (laughs) anymore. So, you know, that's a great role for the, the CSR to play just to kind of be the the eyes before the appointment. Receptionists play a great role in triaging the environment when the clients 
first come in. So checking the cat in, maybe providing a towel with um, some pheromone spray on it to cover the cat's cage, directing the client um, to sit with their carrier elevated, you know, not on the floor <laughs> where the cat can see every, every dog approaching, directing the, the client to sit in an area that's maybe a little bit quieter, maybe away from the inquisitive dog that's going to stick its nose right up to the carrier. And even ushering the, the client and the cat into an exam room sooner rather than later. You know, if there is an open exam room, um, having that client and, and cat go into a quieter exam room where they have the opportunity just to hang out um, in a quieter environment and, and calm down from the stress of the ride. Our veterinary technicians um, or veterinary nurses play a great role, not only in restraint, you know, we're, we're so lucky as veterinarians because we don't, we're not the ones that have to be dealing, I think, with the full brunt of some of these, these angry kitties. So kudos to all of the veterinary technicians and veterinary nurses out there that, you know, are, are putting their, you know, fingers and, and faces on the lines <laughs> much of the time. One thing that they can do, or even our kennel staff, I think, can be trained to do is to set up exam rooms ahead of time. So a feline exam room setup might consist of having a pediatric scale ready in the exam room, you know, putting down a non-slip surface on our metal table and covering it with, you know, maybe a nice warm towel that was just taken out of the dryer, you know, maybe spraying some um, feline pheromone in the on that towel, having um, some treats, you know, not all of our cats are shut down when they come in. Some cats really would love to have toys or cat treats or catnip out in the exam room. And that might be the thing that actually gets them out of the carrier and in a happy way. That's great, especially for kitten appointments. So before the kittens have developed an aversion to coming to the vets, you know, why can't we make, you know, those kitten appointments really fun? You know, hey, this is where the smorgasbord of toys and treats and fun things come out is at the, at the vet visits. And then having anything that we might need to perform the appointment. So if we're drawing blood in the exam room, you know, having, you know, all of our equipment laid out, if we're going to be doing an ultrasound or doing an ultrasound guided cystocentesis to get a urine sample, maybe having that ultrasound machine already set up in the exam room so that we're not having to go in and out and prolonging the visit and prolonging the restraint for the for the cat as well. And then as veterinarians, just knowing when to say no, I think is a big one. We've all had our hands on the door handle when the client says, oh, by the way, can you do a nail trim? Or by the way, can you, can you look at this mass that I, that I noticed? So, you know, if our, I think part of our role as veterinarians is also to be an advocate for our patients and just saying, you know, you know, Fluffy's I think has had enough for today, you know, why don't we talk about bringing her back in and doing that nail trim the next time she's here? That way, we're we're not stressing her out and we're leaving the visit on uh, on a happier note. So she's going to be happier to come back the next time. Yes, I agree that knowing when to say no can be really challenging because you know how hard it was to you know bring this this kitty in here, and you know part of you says, okay, well maybe we should get it all done in this visit. 
and you know the owner wants you to do this and it's hard to to say no and be okay with that but i think that's a really good point of knowing when to say nope everybody has had enough in this visit we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and we'll we'll do it again when things are a little bit calmer so i love that i know we've kind of touched on this a little bit but if you could just kind of touch on if there's anything else we need to make sure we're talking to our pet parents about what role does the pet owner play in making the visit less stressful for their cat? Absolutely. You know, pet owners um, and cat mom and dads, you know, really can be an advocate for their cat. So I think a lot of cat owners, as one myself, are very aware when our cats do not do well <laughs> at the veterinarian. And, and that is okay. That's not a judgment on, you know, the the cat owner or the cat. Um, you know, I don't love going to my dentist. I, I go because I have to, <laughs> but it's not something that I particularly enjoy doing. And I, I think that's that's okay for cats to, to voice their displeasure and for cat owners to, to have a cat that doesn't particularly like going to the veterinarian. As a cat owner, being an advocate for your cat means a understanding that, you know, sometimes veterinary visits have to be broken down into smaller steps. Looking for a veterinarian who is willing to work with you and maybe doing small things over several visits, or if everything needs to be done at one visit, finding a veterinarian who is using low stress handling techniques, who understands that cats do have different needs than, than dogs do, is willing to work with you to make the, the appointment as least stressful for the cat as possible. Small things that cat owners can do prior to the appointment as well is bring a towel to cover the cat's cage, you know, spray the cat carrier with some pheromones, making sure that we're maybe doing some training at home so we can get our cat more comfortable going into the cat carrier and doing some carrier training beforehand, bringing some favorite items that the cat might enjoy. And then understanding too, from a, from a cat owner perspective, that sometimes less is more that yes, theoretically, the vet could do a nail trim at this visit, but also understanding that maybe that's not in the, the best interest of, of my cat. And cat owners can also maybe understand that there's no shame in a cat needing to have some medication prior to the visit as well. So, you know, there's a reason that I ask my dentist and dental hygienist to have some topical, you know, lidocaine or, or medicine applied to my gums when they do a cleaning. Yes, could I, you know, grin and grin and bear it at the dentist? But, you know, if it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, you know, I ask my dentist to, to give me a little bit of, a, of some pain medication before the, the cleaning happens. And I think for cats, knowing that where asking cats to endure being scooped up, shoved into a box, transported in a loud, scary vehicle to a place where there's barking predators coming at me, and then some alien poking and prodding me and doing very invasive things to my personage, you know, that's a lot to ask of a cat. So, you know, having a cat, you know, have a little bit mild sedation on board 
or even for cats that are a little bit beyond just oral medication, you know, understanding that sedation um, at the vet visit to make this visit better in preparation for a less stressful visit the next time can be very beneficial for the mental health of, of my pet. I think that your analogy there about the dentist's office makes a lot of sense, kind of equating that Yes, maybe they don't want to do this, but I don't always want, like you said, to go to the dentist, but it's something that I have to do to stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, sometimes we have to do these things. And absolutely, I think it's very fair to say, yeah, let's do something to make this visit more pleasant for them. Let's let's intervene where we can to make this a better experience. So I love that. Just to kind of round it out, thinking about our role in this visit as veterinarians, Are there any specific techniques that you've found as the veterinarian treating these patients specifically successful for keeping cat visits lower stress in the clinic? Yeah, so I I always think that cat visits are great when my stress level is lower. And so even though I'm rushing around from appointment to appointment often, you know, just taking that 10 seconds before I enter into the exam room to take a deep breath and slow down can be really helpful. So just counting to 10 outside the exam room, taking a couple of deep breaths and going into the exam room and the exam at a slower pace can really help. Being prepared ahead of time. So having towels and equipment all ready for me in the exam room. So I'm not opening drawers up, banging doors, like searching for something in there. That stresses me out. But just hearing all of that, I think also stresses the cat as well as, you know, the cat parent out too. And just taking things at a a very slow pace, Um, you know, maybe sitting down instead of, you know, immediately opening the carrier and getting the cat out taking, you know, a few moments to get a history from the client without even trying to get the cat out of the carrier and getting all of that out of the way. And then if need be, after you get a good history from the client, if need be, that might be a moment where they can be dismissed to the the reception area to wait while you and the veterinary technician work with the cat in the exam room. I love having multiple towels in the exam room as well. You know, the worst thing is being in the room with a upset cat and then realizing that like, wow, there's no towels in this exam room. Or, you know, I have, I'm dealing with a 20 pound cat and I only have like a a hand towel size towel in there. You know, where do all these towels go in our clinic? Like the best towels get stolen out of of the room, I think. Um, So I think we're all, we're all having towel anemia in many of our hospitals. It's just not enough good, large, fluffy towels for our cat appointments. So sometimes hoarding a few big fluffy towels for our cat appointments, I think can be very helpful. One thing I always find helpful too is doing part of my exam in the carrier if possible. So I love when clients bring me um, a cat in a carrier where we can remove the top of the carrier. And so the, ca- the little bottom shell of the carrier often serves as a little cat bed where the cat can 
like if they're going to hide, we can cover them partially with a towel in the bottom of the carrier and they can hide their little head under a towel and I can just do my abdominal palpation very slowly and comfortably coming from behind so that they don't have to see these two scary humans that they don't know examining them. Towelemia might be my new favorite word. I feel like that perfectly describes our lack of towels that we find very frequently. Yeah, I don't know where all the nice towels go and they how they shrink like in number and size every washing. Well, Dr. Sueta, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have such great insight into feline behavior and such good tips, reminders to make sure we're keeping everybody's stress level as low as possible to to make these visits more pleasant all around. So before we wrap up, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, maybe just the advocating for, you know, really promoting cat wellness visits. So many of our cat clients don't bring their kitties in for annual appointments like our dog owners do. And not only do cats hide their illnesses so well that, you know, cat owners may not notice early signs of illness. So those annual wellness checkups are so important for our our kitty friends. And if we can take down any barriers that are holding clients back from bringing their cats in, um, whether it's the stress that the clients have or the stress the cats have, you know, I think it'll just help our veterinarians practice better preventative medicine. If we can just have kitties be less stressed at the hospitals so that their moms and dads are less stressed about bringing them in. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Sueda, thank you again so much for joining me today. All right. I want to say a huge thank you to Dr. Sueda for joining us. I hope you guys took away a lot of just helpful tips and tricks, good reminders for cat-friendly practices. A big thank you to Hills for making this episode possible. And thank you to all of you for joining us. If you'd like to find out more about this and other exciting episodes, click on the education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, I'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day. Thank you.